Welcome to Bloody Podcast Presents Cuckoo Bananas, the Tiger King recap show for Season 1, Episode 3, titled The Secret. My name is Lori Roggenkamp, and I am joined by Maria Felix and Cash Abdul-Malik! So the summary for uh, this episode, the the... Netflix summary is, an incident in Carol's past casts her in a suspicious light, and while she maintains her innocence, Joe is all too happy to point the finger at her. Baskin Robbins is guilty. So, overall, what did you guys think? What what two takeaways did you think about this episode? Overall? Okay, so we rewatched it. Uh-huh. And you, you don't have to say we re- we all know we've watched it before. We, you know, you guys aren't special because okay, she's, she's, so she's speaking for herself. I didn't. Yeah. We rewatched it at around one thirty p.m. Uh huh. No, no, more like one twelve twelve thirty p.m. It took about thirty eight minutes. Then I went to go get the dog from the groomers. <laughs> Per usual, I've broken this up into parts, so we'll talk about each part. So the first part one is Dawn tells everyone slash goes missing. So this is the one where I basically feel like he they were talking about how he told everybody he was leaving Carol Baskin. He was like, I'm done. I hate her. She's awful. And then he goes missing and they don't know what happened to him. The new characters in that we meet in this episode in this part are Vernon Yates, who is works for the Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation, Gladys Lewis Cross, who is Don's ex-wife, Linda Sanchez, who is Don's daughter, Gail Rathbone, who is Don's daughter, Wendell Williams, who's Don's business associate, which I feel like that's just like drug dealer. John Mariscano, who's the lead homicide detective. Do you guys have any things to say about this first part where they we meet all these people and everybody's just saying, oh, Don's the worst, or Carol's the worst? I think it's, if you've been in a bad relationship and you've wanted to get out of it, you've talked to your friends and talked to everybody who might listen because it's on your mind so much. You know, you're just like, I am in a bad situation. I need to get out of this situation. Yeah. This is not good. And everybody around you is going to listen. So I think that he was in a bad situation and he was just telling everybody about it. That's pretty much just the what's happening here because it's it's very abusive on both sides, it seems like. And um I mean as far as commenting on what happens after that, I think it's fairly obvious. I have an opinion about everybody that you just talked about. Okay. <laughs> what's your opinion about everybody? The the ex wife and the daughters need to get over it. Oh my okay. god. I totally agree like, with you. They it sucks being the unwanted family. It yeah. sucks. But Fucking suck it up. Yeah. Build a bridge. Move on. It's almost like they're laying it out a little too thick for for the documentary. Yeah, especially the ex-wife. It's like he sounded like he was a shitty husband. He was a womanizer. Like, he he cheated on her all the time. All the time. You know he wasn't respectful of her because it was like, you know, whatever, the 70s, 80s. You know he he sucked just as a person. He was also, like, technically a child molester. Yeah, was, she was like 17, right? She was 14, he was 17 when they got married. He went after young girls, and he was rude, and he was mean, and he used to put me down all the time, but he was the love of my life. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> was, he seven, was he 17? Because I do remember them saying that his parents also had to sign. Yeah, 
he for had him to, to get, get married. He had to sign to get his parents had to sign, and she her parents had to sign because yeah. he was still underage. But I mean, technically, the law states like what three years. So like if if you're a teenager, like if you're 16 and you you sleep with a 13 year old, you still could be arrested for statutory rape. So it's like, yeah, that's that's not great that he was dating a 14 year old. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> also, having rewatched it, and I know this is such a weird nitpicky thing, but I was just like, could nobody get them a bigger couch? The wife and the daughter <laughs> had to it's... basically rub their butts together the entire time, and they kept switching. I don't know if you noticed, but they kept switching out the daughters. So the da- one daughter would sit on the chair, then another daughter would sit on They kept switching them out. And it was just like, why can't they just get separate chairs? Why do they have to well, sit on that tiny ass couch? They only get, they only got ten percent of his estate. They can't afford anything. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Was that the last exactly. thing? I, yeah. The last thing he left us was this tiny ass couch, so we all have to take turns sitting on it. My father left us this ottoman, so we all have to put our feet on it. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! All, all nine of us. <laughs> I would love it if they all had their feet on one ottoman talking about this. Yes. All right. So we got the daughters and the wife. So what are your thoughts on the other people, Maria? On- so there's there's this one guy. I don't remember who he is out of the list, but he's the one that keeps talking about how there's no body. Oh, and I yeah. feel I feel like we're missing the bigger story here and that this guy is a murderer, too, because he he's so focused on the body thing, there's one part where he was like, I could tell you right now, I killed 37 people. But yes. if you don't have any bodies, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. And he starts laughing, and I'm like, that motherfucker. He's killed He's confessing least. right now. He's killed people. He's killed at least 37 people, that's for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> that's a weird number to get to, to just stop at, you know? It's funny, though, because after I heard it, 37 stuck in my mind, too. I was like, 37's very specific. So specific. Very specific. He's got a warehouse. He's got a warehouse. (laughs) Some Dexter shit. And they're all just fucking lined up. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's paying attention to him. I don't think Carol Baskins did it. I don't know. I just feel like they they need it to be her. Because she was this woman who, like, disrupted their life. Specifically the mother and the sisters. Everybody. The wife and the daughters. I don't think anybody really liked Carol. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you have to look at how she behaves after the fact. The fact that she changed the will and but included in disappearance and stuff. Like, nobody, nobody has that in their fucking will at all. Did yeah, she has, had it. What's that? Did she change the will? Like, the only person we know that this says yes. that... The only person we know who says that she changed the will is Anne. And then she even said that... Carol says that Dawn... After like the third attempt of the of the daughters and the wife trying to get money from him, he was like, "I'm done. I don't want anything to do with them," and wanted to cut them off entirely. And she's the one who kept their trust. Yeah, so, of course, Carol's gonna say that. But Come I on. mean, Come it on. could be true. Yeah, but yeah, I- but also there's the glaring fact about the f- about how the will now said if. In the case of my disappearance, as opposed to if in the case of my death. It says Nobody ever says that. Disability or disappearance. Disability is sprinkling on the disappearance cake. That's yeah. insane. I mean, nobody would ever say, okay, dude, if I disappear, I you can have all my shit. I don't yeah, know. Nobody I, says disappear. I don't, because know. If, I don't know what will. No, 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 no. And nobody says disappear. 
Because if you say disappear in a will, then, or it, okay, the only way that you would say disappear is if you know that there's a chance you might disappear, but you may also come back. So you wouldn't be leaving your stuff to anybody else. Like, if only, the only reason I could imagine he would even say that is like, if he is, he has dirty dealings with the mob. If he's like, I'm fucking with the mob on the side. So if I disappear, here's what happens to my stuff. I was, because yeah. I could easily just fucking. That's what I think. I think he, he was flying down to Costa Rica all the time. He was saying, <laughs> you know, like he was flying out. He was dealing with people who maybe didn't have like reputable, you know, thing. And he, so he probably put that in there because there was a, there was, there might've been a, you know, an issue. So but wasn't Carol the one who changed it? She's no. the one who updated it, right? Yeah. No, well, that's she was the Anne one said. who she was the one who had it. It was updated, and she was the power of attorney. But we don't know if she was if she <clears throat> did it herself. Laura, you have to admit, you have to admit that all these coincidences and how Carol presents herself, it does seem as if. That she has to be guilty of something here. I don't think so. I don't think she's presenting herself in any way, any way, but in a in, like the correct way. She's anytime she's asked a question, she answers it. I think so. that you're giving her the benefit of the doubt because she seems nice, Lori. She does at first. Shh. At first glance, she seems like a nice cat lady, and maybe somebody that you would date. And that's why you're like, <laughs> no, that's, that's why you're like, I don't think she did it, but I don't, I think you're putting it past. I think you're putting the idea of her being manipulative out of your mind, because especially when you say something like he wanted to, he wanted to get cut them out of the will completely. But I, I was like, no, those are your kids. That's not, those aren't things. <laughs> Those aren't things that you say unless you're trying to present yourself in a certain light. No, because she was talking about her kids were saying that she stole all of his money. She did that. And she's saying, I didn't take any of their money away from them. He didn't want them to have any money. He, I, I was the one who who kept their trust. So that, and also, to, I know. Be, to be honest I know. with you, he doesn't, they don't deserve his money. Nobody does. Just because you're married to a guy or you're a, a child of a guy or a girl and they get rich, you deserve, no, you don't deserve any of their money. Okay, calm down. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's, uh, yeah, I well, think we're, it's I'm not arguing the fact that nobody deserves the inheritance. I'm saying that she presents herself in a way where she tries to seem nicer than she is. I think she presents herself in exactly the way that she is. I think she is very particular about things. But I think that she is honest, and I think she's telling the truth. I don't think she's lied about anything. She's been upfront about everything that's happened that she's talked about. So, you know, I th if anything, I think that the, everybody else in has presented themselves in a, in a not honest tr way. I mean, look at Joe. Look at Doc Antle. Doc Antle okay, has been lying not, his ass We're out. not turning this around on other people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a question for you, Lori. I have yes. a question for you, Lori. Well, um, let's get okay. Real yes. quick, real quick. What do you think happened to him? I have two things. I think he either because they said that he flew planes illegally, so mm -hmm. I think he either flew his plane because he was trying to to make a run for it, 
you know, and kind of go to Costa Rica or, or wherever and just sort of live by himself and crash this plane. Or I think that there, there is some, there were rumors that were mentioned on the, um, the documentary that have now been speculated online that he was involved with, um, like drug ties and he was involved with some bad people and that they killed him and dumped his body over the ocean. I have a third theory. I also think that it's very possible that one day he was like, you know what, Carol, it's not working out between us. I love you very much as a person. I respect you, but I'm going to go my own way. And all I need you to do is send me this X amount of money every month. And you can tell everybody I died. I don't want my stupid fucking kids and my shitty ex-wife to have any of my money. (laughs) I mean, that seems like a lot. But I will say, yeah, fine. I could I could see that more than I could see Carol kill. All right, part two. They're meet cute <laughs> slash Don's wealth. So we covered a little bit of Don's wealth that they nobody really knows how much because apparently he buried. This is what I don't understand about rich people is that they he buried gold all over the place. What's that about? Like to me, it's just like keep your gold. And, you know, a bank, keep it someplace where, you know, don't bury it random places. Well, the problem with keeping gold or assets or anything like that in all in banks, even if it's separate banks, is that it's still controlled and manipulated by another entity. So anything, like if if the economic downturn were to happen, for example. Yeah. Like your gold could be liquidated. I mean, I don't know all the terms. I'm not going to pretend I know. But I, what I'm saying is I understand why you would bury some fucking money in your backyard in a lot of different places. As someone who's very wealthy uh-huh. <laughs> and has accrued many tablets and trinkets of gold, I want to say that it is ludicrous to bury it <laughs> in your yard when you could just keep it under your mattress where me, I keep it. I just feel People like you live in a constant fear that somebody would come across your gold. You know, like I would be like, if I buried my gold in the backyard, I'd always be like, where is it? Is it still there? Is, you know, like I would be so paranoid. It's nice to have like a backup thing to run and go to, but I wouldn't keep it in my backyard, in my house. Because if some shit goes down, I want to be able to go to a different location and go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, contingency plan, like fucking, oh, I can't go home. Like, you know, it's Pulp Fiction. I'm not going to go back there and get shot by fucking Vincent Vega. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so another thing we learned in this in this part is that the way that Don and Carol met. So Don was married to another. So Don's actually been married. <laughs> I love this. I love this. No, sorry, not I'm Don. Sorry. sorry. So Carol has been married several times, and she was in a fight with her one of her husbands, and she threw a. She claimed she threw a potato at him so she could escape through the to from the house. And she just went walking down the street and Don was driving and he saw her crying and walking down the street. He pulls over. Hey, little girl. Yeah. Asked her to get in the car. She says no. He does this no. three more times. Get it. Finally, he's, he, get uh, in. he p- p- puts a gun on the seat and he says, look, get in the car. You can take this gun and point it at me. I just need somebody to talk to. Sounds good. And that's how they met. That's how they. Which and then he me, started jerking off while she planned to go. Oh my God. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, put it, put it on my fucking head. Put it on my head. <laughs> yeah. Like Tiger Rus- King. Russian roulette style. <laughs> Keep clicking it. 
fart. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> oh my god. Tell me I'm horrible. Uh, so, um, real, real quick. First off, in the beginning, or the, for the first part of this, potato checks out. That's what you throw when you want to get out of a house. Trust me. I know. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, red flags. Red flags everywhere. Yeah. Hey, I'll come over here, little girl. I'm 42 years old. How old are you? I'm 20. Why don't you come on in my car? <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Here's a gun. Oh. <laughs> you can point it at me. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? And then he's like, oh, my life is so hard and tragic. You wouldn't know anything about that, but you will. This is fucking insane, man. This is nuts. They yeah. both deserve what they get. Except that, you know. Carol's rich and he's dead. Also, you uh, you mentioned that she had been married several times. That's red flag number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is she's literally walking away from an like from a husband when she gets picked up by Don. <laughs> and it's like those people that are never single. She's definitely one of those people who is never single. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, yeah. and it's like you need to work on yourself. Okay. You need to love yourself before you can love anybody else. She. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wendy Williams. Um, she... That's RuPaul. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, uh, yeah, don't you watch Drag Race? You have to love. If you. No, she says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Come the uh, girl. Is it like. Put the bass in your wall. Yep. Head to toe. <laughs> Let your whole body talk. Take it. (laughs) And what? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So the characters in this part that we meet are Anne McQueen, Don's executive assistant, who I feel like. They were fucking. Well, they were definitely fucking. But I feel like also maybe had a hand in his murder. Dale Lively, Don's mechanic. Kenny Farr, Don's handyman. And Joseph Fritz, Don's attorney. I like Joseph Fritz. Joseph Fritz, he seems like he's got some skeletons in his closet. He just seems yes, like a dude. weird guy. So now we're into part three. So mm-hmm. we learn about Carol's past, and then we also learn about how they became cat people. So the main po- uh, characters in this that we learn are Jamie Murdoch, who's Carol's daughter, and mm-hmm. Dennis Hill, who's the former former exotic animal owner, who said that he was the one who sold them uh sold carol and don their first uh tiger right so the big issue the big points in carol's life was that she was raped by knife point by three teenage boys that lived across the street from her when she was 14 and her family essentially told her that she she was asking for it so she left home at 15 and then married a man named michael at 17 he was very abusive they had a child together uh, she doesn't mention her other marriage, but she says that she met Dawn when she was 20 and left her husband at 24 to marry Dawn. So she had been married twice already. She had been married twice already. Yeah. Okay. It only has one child previously. Yeah. Only, as far as we know, only has one child. They started buying bobcats and lynxes from fur farms who were killing them off in 1992. And she claims that by the end of it, they bought so many bobcats and lynxes that there were no more fur farms killing bobcats and lynxes. They started a wildlife sanctuary called Wildlife on Easy Street. And she even started making videos on how to acclimate tigers towards people so they could have them as pets. The name Wildlife on Easy Street. (laughs) 
<laughs> so people, it, she loves Nola. She loves Mardi Gras. Oh yeah. Yeah. For some reason, it makes me think of Bob Fosse. Oh, <laughs> I can see that. Jazz, baby. <laughs> like you go into the you go into the wildlife preserve, you just hear. You're tipping your hat. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to Cats. Look at the links. It's really stupid. That's definitely what you imagine. And then you show up to the wildlife sanctuary, and it's just a shitty backyard in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this place smells way more like shit than I thought it was going to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Any comments? Any any thoughts on this part? I mean, it's just, no, it's all folding out the way it's supposed to, you know? I mean, I don't know what it takes. I don't know what kind of person is like, man, I'm going to make my life all about fucking cats. Big ass cats. I'm on Joe Exotic's side for this one. Mm-hmm. Where he was saying that, like, she was buying them and breeding them, you know, before she started claiming that she was saving them. Well, I will say this. I agree. I agree with that, that that was bad. But I will say that even in in this episode, they say that Don sort of introduced her to this because Don was using it as a he was breeding them. He was going to Costa Rica. He was, you know. And this actually leads us to our part four. So I'm just going to jump into part four, which I titled S- Signs of Division and then Dawn no. Past. No. So- the bitch had- no. No, 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 no. The bitch had a choice. She no. had a choice. No, what I'm saying is this. Yeah, no, I agree. I think she did. I think at first she was excited by the allure of, uh, and she even says in earlier episodes and to, that there is a big allure to being able to hold a tiger. And, you know, she had that. But I think as time went on, she started seeing this the suffering that these these tigers and these cats were going through and she I think she legitimately does love them. And so I think she realized that the way that she was showing her love was not the right way that that it that buying and neutering and and acclimating these tigers to the to home life is not the way you're supposed to go about doing it. And I think that's when she started changing and that's when she started wanting to like stop this, stop it. And I think that's what kind of separated Don and her in the beginning. I think Don wanted to use this as he he just likes getting cats and he likes breeding them and he didn't really see a problem with it. So I don't know I don't know why you're so sympathetic with Carol Baskin. I think you love her. I don't love her. <laughs> I think I think you want her. <laughs> no, I don't. Do I agree? Do I think that that was bad? Yes, I do. I think I think she did an awful thing in the beginning, but I think she's She's done a full 180. I think she's, you know. Next time I agree with the stance of a a sovereign citizen or a cannibal, you can't judge me. No, I can. Because Because a sovereign citizen is still a sovereign citizen. This would be like, you're arguing that Carol Baskin is still doing this. She's not. She's stopped doing this. She's done a complete 180. She does not agree with this point of view. Carol this Bask- is just one of the things about Carol Baskins that I'm saying. <laughs> she's also a killer. And it doesn't make any sense because she's allergic to cats in the first place. So, that is nuts. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. And also, I don't think she's a nice person. She seems like a really manipulative, rude person. She seems like the really shitty fucking lunch quote unquote supervisor when you're in elementary school. The really shitty recess monitor. She oh, seems yeah. like that person. Who wouldn't let you go to the bathroom. Yeah. 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 She's like secretly mean to you when nobody else is around. Yeah. She's that bitch. 
So I don't get it. And I think she sucks. <laughs> I don't I don't think she sucks. Look, I think she's You see? Particular. You see? I think she's very <laughs> particular. I don't I don't, look, I don't think that we would be friends. I think she would hate me and I would hate her because I think she's very particular about how she wants things to be. And I'm just not, you know, I'm not that kind of person. So yeah, I don't think we would be, you know, best of friends, but I just, I don't think that she's, you know, I don't think she's manipulative. I don't think that she's, you know, I think, honestly, I think that she is doing the best she can and learning from her mistakes. And that's, mm. that, I don't know. I think that's all we can hope for. So do I want to grab a bite to eat with her? Hell no. But I don't think she's a murderer or a horrible person. I think she's trying her best. Let's get into Don co- going to Costa Rica. And then also his daughter saying he's a sex addict. Yeah, that was uh, that was funny. That was weird. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, he's just a sexaholic. There's a word for it. Yeah, there is a word for it. It's called being a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking stop cheating on your wife. Yeah, <laughs> just stop I, cheating on your wife. I love how she because in the beginning she goes, "I'm gonna love him." I was gut. She when when he left when he left her for Carol, she was gobsmacked. She's like, "Cause we had the perfect life." And I told him, I'll love you till the day I die. And then you come to find out that since they've been married, when she was 14, she would have women coming up to her and saying, Don slept with this woman. Don slept with this woman. Don's doing, you know. And it's like, how in the hell can you still love somebody like that? Exactly. And she still loves him. It's not even like she still loved him during the marriage. Well, she tells, she's saying, she, I honestly feel yeah. like she just wants, she wants his money. Yeah. She's trying to seem like this devoted wife. Yeah, she's biding her time. Whenever she hears about how the fact, how, you know, he slept with somebody else, she's just quietly humming, stand by your man, and looking at the bank statements. Yes. <laughs> and Carol comes along. <laughs> and fucks it all up. Yeah. I honestly feel that like she bitch. was like, why are you leaving me for her? Why don't you just have sex with her and leave, and essentially move on? Like, I could see her doing that, but she makes it seem like he was, like, this amazing person. And and so, I don't know. It was, she's the Jolene of that woman's life. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> the new character that we meet here, which I would love to know more of, is Deborah, Deborah Sandlin, which we don't really hear a lot from. She's a former Big Cat Rescue volunteer. And I was, oh, yeah. I was hoping that we would get some tea. Because look, I have I have my opinion about Carol Baskin, but I'm always like, if somebody else has other information, I'm open. So, but they she didn't really say much. Uh, she didn't, but she had a lot of tiger and cheetah print in her in her her house. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I was so, like, oh, got another one. Jeez. So we have <laughs> we essentially so we have two more parts to this, but they they'll be really short. So the first part is part five, Dawn's disappearance. Before I get in, any any other comments before we get into the last two parts of the of this uh, episode? Any other things you guys want to s- mention? No. Okay. You love Carol. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. So So there's two there's a bunch of things I wrote down, but the two main things I I I want to mention are that he told his handyman that if he got away with this, like they were making a cage or something, and he said, "If I get, if I pull this off, it would be the slickest thing I've ever done." 
And then he has to take a phone call and there's no follow up. The handyman doesn't think to be like, what? What would you, what, what, what do you, like, what is it? What? Like that, the handyman just goes, and then we just, that was the last time I heard from him. I would literally text him. I would say, hey, man, before you leave, tell me what you're going to pull off. Like, I would be like, <laughs> yeah, I need an update. So Why didn't you follow up in the conversation while it was happening either? Yeah. Maybe it was one of those instances where, like, the handyman's, like, trying to, like, pry some wood off something with like his bare hands and Don's just standing there talking to him. So the guy's just like <laughs> fucking like struggling and Don's, <laughs> Don's just like, you know, if I pull this off, it's, it's going to be the best thing. And he's just like, fucking asshole. Help me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great dude. Awesome. Dude. Could you maybe oh my God. build this fucking see- cage? Yeah. I can see this happening. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I tell you, I feel the salt, blah, blah. He's like, fucking shut up. Shut up, dude. Yeah. Dude, you called me here to build this cage. You ain't doing shit. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's so fucking All funny. you're doing is talking about things with no specifics. <laughs> so then also the second thing, and this is the only thing that I will say is a little questionable. And that's it. I'm not going to say I don't think Carol did it. I'm standing by my pit. I think this is a little questionable is that they show a news report of right around the time Don first disappeared, and they email, they, um, email, they, they interview Carol, and she says Don told her to make sure the Costa Rica trucks were ready because he's leaving early, early, early in the morning. Well, then the interviewer for the documentary interviews uh, is interviewing her now in the present time, and she says the exact same thing that she said in that interview. Yeah, like it was rehearsed. And the exact same thing. And that's the only thing that I feel like was a little weird was that she w- said almost, she said, she even emphasized the early, early, early. And I thought, well, I don't so weird. see why you have to do that. But that, so that's the only thing that I was like, that's weird. Oh, to, t- to add on to that, there was, <laughs> there was a part where Carol was like, Don had several plane crashes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> how do you how do you have several play crashes that live to tell the tale?" Yeah, yeah. he crashes plane several times. He's yes, nuts. several times. He has Alzheimer's from the plane crashes. It's like, first of all, that you know, it, I'm pretty sure that it could be genetic, or it probably would be genetic if he had it. Dem- I think isn't Alzheimer's gen- genetic, but dementia? You could get dementia, right? Yeah, so, dementia's not gen. Dementia's de- not. Yeah, the, so yeah. I feel like he would have dementia if he has alzheimer's then i don't necessarily know if that would be something you get from a plane crash that was the other thing is that she listed dementia symptoms like but she would say that he would like uh, like not remember where he was after like five minutes and stuff but he remembers stuff from his childhood that's all that's like a dementia symptom but then she says (laughs) alzheimer's a volunteer a volunteer told her that that she he thought it was alzheimer's yeah, so, a volunteer. So then, <laughs> so the way that they find out that Don's disappeared is that he he's going to Costa Rica, right? He his assistant Anne has to get all the stuff ready for him, and so she needs him to go over some stuff with him, and he never contacts her, and so she calls him and calls him and calls him, and and he never contacts her. So finally, she gets a hold of Carol. And Carol goes, oh, should I call the police? And Anne goes, 
uh, you think? <laughs> Which yeah, I think is so funny that even, right even in that moment, Anne just can't stand Carol. <laughs> even yeah, in that definitely. Moment, <laughs> even in that moment, Carol's Anne's like, Carol, get your shit together. Yeah, I think yeah. somebody saying "you think" is like when a nice person just loses their cool. <laughs> it's like you think, yeah. Hmm. So, <laughs> and they're just yeah. like they, they want to be like, "Come on, you fucking asshole!" But they're gonna be like, "Can we do this soon, please?" Oh. <laughs> so, so he was last seen on August eighteenth, but was reported missing on the nineteenth. Oh, and then this is something that else that I thought was pretty dumb, which I was like, I don't understand this part. So he gives Anne, before he leaves, he gives Anne an envelope and says, don't open this now. If something happens to me, give this to the police. So she opens the envelope and it's a restraining order. Okay, so my question is, why does she need to hand that over to the police? They have that. He filed for that with the police. So why would she need to hand them something that was already filed with the police? That I have no idea. Weird. That's so weird. That is weird as fuck. That to me is something that I feel like is a little staged. Oh yeah, know. that's that was my third theory. It was uh what if he just framed Carol and did leave to Costa Rica with a bunch of his money? But then what if he th- left her with the rest of his money? That seems weird. Maybe. Mm. Maybe he just wanted to start over, man. Fucking get out. Maybe maybe like you said, maybe they're in cahoots. Yeah. And he's like God, whatever you want, send me this much each month. I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the plan was to maybe the plan was for him to get away, and they like they do that. They split the profits, and then she found a way to kill him because he was going to try to screw her over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would well, be a much better saying. movie. What was that? That's what they're saying is that the reason she she killed him was because he was going to leave her with nothing. Which I feel I still feel like that's not. I don't think that's legally possible, but I mean, you know, who knows? But yeah, that's what they're saying is that he was going to leave her with no money. So. Yeah, he could have left her with nothing pretty much because like he's the one with the money. He's the one that could get the good lawyer to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't have they, kids together, right? No, but I mean, she did have a kid. And if he adopted that kid, then that's technically his. I don't know if he did or not, but. You know, there is a lot there. I mean, it, I think it's tough to prove. It's tough if they don't have a prenup. If they had a prenup, then, but if they don't have a prenup, and even if it's a no-fault divorce date, it's still tough to, to you know, come out of it without giving any money. So I don't know. It's Florida, so. That's true. The last part is the music video slash what people think happened to Dawn. So, <laughs> music videos are awesome. It's the best. The music video has the the craziest uh, Carol Baskin lookalike I've ever seen. I was like, legitimately, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, my God, is that Carol? Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it totally looks like her. Yeah. So that was crazy. So now we pretty much get into what Joe thinks happens. Because the, the most of the episode has been just the interview interviewer of the documentary interviewing family and friends of Dawn. Joe is sort of like in it occasionally. He Somehow he got her diary mailed to him and he reads parts of her diary to people how the so, hell did he get that because nobody mailed, likes the bitch somebody mailed so, it to him yeah somebody who worked at the place mailed it to him when they found it because they're like fuck yeah dude i don't want to come out with this yeah she's i know bitch. who does yeah mm-hmm. she so, fucking sucks so somebody mailed it to him so he's been reading her diary so now we get into like 
Because for the most part, people are speculating, but they're not out, out and out coming out. Well, they're mostly coming out with saying that they believe Carol did it, but they're not actually saying the words. And you find out now that because Carol's suing people who say that she killed her husband, she's she's suing them and saying that, you know, that's slander. And so they can't like the attorney's like, I, I'm not going to go there. You know, the the daughters are like, yeah, she she'll sue us. I don't even know. I think maybe she did sue them or she has threatened to sue. Yeah, she did a uh, cease and desist, I think, yeah. is what they did. So Joe is like, I don't care. I'll I'll go after him, which I feel like is hilarious that Joe thinks that, you know, she's not going to do anything to him. Joe now claims, see, Joe always thinks that, like, he's got the, he's the smart one. But to me, I feel like Joe has the craziest theories. He thinks that Carol fed her to her <laughs> husband. And he says that that's because the a tiger has such an acidic stomach that he could swallow a whole turkey. Which I don't know how that's possible, but you could swallow a whole turkey and there wouldn't be any bones. There, there would just there would be no bones whatsoever. Just poop. Yeah, he thinks <clears throat> that Carol put her husband through a meat grinder. He also claims that there was a septic tank that was built around the time Joe, Don disappeared, and he says that that they need the they they need to get that septic tank uncovered. And Carol's like, well, that septic tank was built way before. The Don disappeared. Then we find out that she also has a brother who works for the sheriff's department and that they people think that maybe the reason why she hasn't been focused on so severely is because of her brother. She says, oh, well, we didn't know each other that much. I mean, we we I was not he was nine. I was 15 when she left the house. So she's like, I haven't really like spoken to him. And then also we find out that she's in, still in touch with her parents, which I think is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So the septic tank thing, nobody's checking the the records of that because there has to be records of when that kind of stuff gets put in. I think so they are. I think the police check the records. Maybe we don't know because okay. it wasn't said that the police check the records. So right now it's just his word versus her word, and also with the <laughs> with the brother thing, she's like, I really didn't think that he would ever become a sheriff because he's so shy i was like what does that have to do with being a fucking cop cops are shy cops are shy all the time they don't have to perform she well, just it just sounds so disgenuine when she's like no we're not close to dawn i oh he's a, that's the last thing i think it, i he would be would be a sheriff it's like that has nothing to do with anything i i kind of saw where she was coming from because he when she she was saying when he she knew him when he was nine years old and he was a very shy demure kid and i think to be a police officer you kind of have to be willing to talk to a lot of people to get in people's faces and she's like i don't, I didn't see that in him so i think i could see that no i think you're reasoning i think you're you're adding a le- a weird level of context to what everything that carol baskin says that's not there you're you have this you have this like affectation you've taken on on carol baskins where she's like he was so shy, and I never expected him to say anything. That's how she talks. You're getting so defensive about Carol. Maria, she Maria, sucks. Maria, I have a question. <laughs> Is this how you get when people are mean mean about me? <laughs> yes. Like, Cat sucks. You're like, you don't know him. <laughs> you don't know what he does. He's a sweetheart. He, he is nice. That's how I felt in the beginning. I was like, who's and this Cash guy? 
yeah, who's this jackass? And you're like, you're like, he can dance. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> and he takes care of me. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm the okay. Carol Baskin. Oh, all right. We yes. got to wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. <laughs> I'll wear that. I'll, we'll do that picture. We'll recreate that weird picture where the new guy is wearing like a. The collar. The, the collar. The and, leash. Her and, new husband. But also like the loin loincloth. The loincloth, yeah, they have a lot of weird, like, tiger, anim- uh, tiger, tiger owner cosplay yeah. going on. So. That photographer showed up with a big basket of just what the fuck, and they were just like, here, take this baseball bat, and you're a caveman, and we're on the beach, I guess, I don't know. I don't so. know, they had all that stuff. They definitely had all that stuff already. Yeah. So Carol, Carol then essentially, I don't necessarily understand the, the context of this, but Carol essentially went into his office or Anne's office and grabbed all of the, the paperwork and just essentially like took over all of that stuff, which look, I mean, maybe cause she have done it in a better way. Yes, but it's, she's the wife. She can do that stuff. So I, I guess I don't technically understand why that's a bad thing. Yeah. There's no way to come around that. Like no matter what, as the wife, as the spouse of something like that, it's going to look weird the second you have to start taking legal action on stuff. Yeah. yeah. You just can't help it. She also, I guess there's a rule that you have to, uh, you can't do anything if you're missing You ha- until you're declared dead. So she yeah. declared him dead five years in the day, in a day after, since he went missing. So I think that's, that's kind of interesting. Was that her? Or, because the, there's a law, isn't there like, I, I I don't know. I might be talking think, out of I, my answer, yeah. but I think after a certain point, you are you can be declared dead too. Like it, you have to wait, but then the law itself will just say like, well, you know, at this point, you're considered dead instead think, of just missing. I think she did, had him declared dead. I think. Well, that's what they said in the documentary. I wonder she if it takes de- five years. Like if five years they is said, the minimum. Yeah. I don't know. That's what they were saying. There's also some other, like, weirdness where she's, like, she goes to Albertson's at 3 a.m. around the time of his disappearance, runs into her brother and another yeah, what's deputy. That about? The police officer said they looked into it and they didn't find anything out of the ordinary. And then she was, like, moving stuff around. So there's a bunch of stuff. I feel like the police, in my opinion, haven't been doing as, as diligently of a job. Although when they when the lead homicide detective was on, he did say, like, you know, we went to Costa Rica, we interviewed people, we, we, you know, we, we drove and walked all around the, their, the lot, their, you know, estate, we, we did aerial shots of their estate. So they, it seems like they're doing stuff, but it just seems like there's so many like things that need questions that need to be answered that they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So it's like, oh, okay, well, thank you. Yeah, they did a real Florida job. Yeah, (laughs) they really did. Now we get to the part where they're saying that Carol's been sending these cease and desist orders. And then Joe Exotic from prison is saying that he doesn't care. He's not scared of Carol Baskins. That he's going to, he's going to, uh, you know, uncover what she's done. And it's just like, okay, dude, you know, you're not that slick. <laughs> so anyways. All right. Well, that concludes episode three of Bloody Podcast Presents Cuckoo Bananas, the Tiger King recap show. Check us out on patreon.com slash buddypodcast or go to our website bloodypodcast.com for our podcast that's streaming wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram or Twitter at bloodypodcast. 
I want to. I want this to be noted as the angriest that Lori's ever been at me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's been Carol Baskins that has brought us to this point of strife. There was but, a point where I was like, "Is this even worth it? Should we just <laughs> should we just call it quits?" Lori got so mad. For the ne- for the next one, I think you should dress up in just tiger print. <laughs> if I had tiger print. My girl, you know, my girlfriend, she she loves tiger print. So she has hey. a lot of tiger print stuff. I could see if I could borrow some of her stuff. Sick. I have cheetah print. If you want, yeah. we can coordinate. <laughs> my girlfriend's last girlfriend also disappeared in a weird way. So, <laughs> oh. yeah. She's super rich and she. Uh, I was wondering why the leash that you wear has a name tag that says Megan. It's just for fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good night.